0: a cold of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of
1: silence and it can't go on. This is Cutting Through The Matrix on the 5th of November, 2008. Newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and on the website you'll see lots of previous talks I've given, where I try to tie a lot of machinery together that creates this big system that we live in, and I try and show you how we're guided down through time by those who do the planning. And after all, if we don't plan our own future, someone else will. That's the history really of what they call civilization. Civilization itself is not just a, a progress towards something. No one defines progress at the lower levels. things things to do with technology and toys that are given to us. It's much bigger than that. It's progress towards a particular ending a planned society under a single world-type system. I try to tie it together by showing you the big players that are involved, the big think tanks that create public policy, and your governments that sign these policies basically into their formats and their laws, which affect all of us. Also, look into alanwattsentientstentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download, written in the various languages of Europe. And I'm sure everyone is probably happy to get the main election over and done with and the hoopla is over and all the pre written, scripted speeches are have been made and the public are ready to have another few years of another bunch coming in and decimating their purses. As we move towards, as I say, this brave new world scenario, now that the fascist side has set up the machinery over the last few years for world total control and also home as well for total individual scrutiny and observation. We now have the other side coming in to complete it at home. And that's what's going to happen now as they basically sovietize the system in the U.S. And Canada, of course, will follow suit because we're part of the, of the American conglomerate. We're being amalgamated into the Americas once again. And it wouldn't matter if you had a Muppet put in there. I was thinking that today that, um, the cookie monster wasn't bad. At you he could play the drums, he could do something of some use, and he had some originality in him. Whereas the guys that we are given are given, basically, to the public because of supposed backgrounds, which are generally pretty well fictitious. They have as much in common with the working people as, well, the Queen does. And you'll find the policies that are put in now have already been written up long before this person was even picked and chosen to be the president and of course not by the people. It's sad to live so many years and watch the same game in every country across the world with this party and that party and how they play this tandem game of theirs, this ping pong game to keep the public from having natural revolutions. It's it's really something because Growing up in Europe, I used to watch the Labour Party coming in, and they were basically the Democrats. And they'd always nationalize things, and they'd run up massive bills, etc., of public uh, tax money and squander it. And then they'd have to privatize it when the the conservatives would get in. And they would then privatize it and, and basically sell it off to their buddies for peanuts after the taxpayer with the previous bunch had renovated the whole system and paid for it and this went back and forth uh, for my whole lifetime basically when I lived over in the UK. The same thing is happening in America with public-private agreements. I'll be back with more about this after the following break. Cutting through the matrix. And I'm talking about how the big game works. As I say, when one side is in they tend to nationalise things, pump public money into it, put the taxpayer on the hook for repairs to big institutions, the institutions being railways and things that we really need to keep the system going, of commerce and so on. And how they they they, they basically shot to their buddies when the next party comes in. This has been happening for over a hundred years this way. And in democracy or democratic countries, we tend to vote the last bunch out when we get so sick of them because they, we see through their arrogance, the average Joe in the street sees through their arrogance, we see the money they squander, and it's no coincidence that the big bubble in the financial sector was meant to burst just before this election to make sure that the boy who was authorized to get in did get in. And it was also interesting to hear the Canadian press commentating on his speech, and these speeches at the end, of course, are written maybe a year ago in case they win, and uh, it was interesting to to hear that the commentator said that there's nothing you can pin Obama down on, because everything he says basically is emotion, it's emotively based, and there's no real facts there. You get statements like the American dream, so you're going to have another dream for a few years. And New Dawn, of course, was mentioned, very occultic, and something about the light and all that, again occultic coming in. Religious terms as well, but nothing concrete to do with any policies. And therefore, we have very smart people at the top, as we know, who will manage uh, this man and bring him through into the next phase of, of the Soviet at home of the system I haven't heard him say that he's going to take it down all the security barriers within the U.S. that's crippling people with their travel and their personal lives. I've heard none of that. In fact, if anything, he's standing up for the military abroad and all the usual stuff. So he's a systems man. And unfortunately, all those who cried and did the Hollywood stuff for him last night will take a few years to find this out. But that's tough cheese because... The masses never really look too deeply into anything anyway. They want a saviour, they want someone who is a god, Uh, a big Santa Claus that will fix everything for them personally uh, very quickly. And it reminds me too of the old biblical idea of an ancient Israel that uh, could commune directly to its god. Everyone could commune directly to the god. And they wanted a king, like have all the other tribes around them, a representative on earth. And of course once you got the king in, then you've got to get him a big throne and get him fancy clothes and keep him in style and you go the way of the world. But it's also human nature. People want to worship humans. And everything today is public relations. The whole image of those who supposedly run for candidacy is created as a fiction that's projected to the public there's nothing about these people or their lives that that isn't that we're, being, we're told about that is that isn't either fictional or very very dressed up for public consumption that's how it is and as I say it wouldn't matter if you had a Muppet in, because those behind the scenes will still run this part Politics, because I'd, I've never really got involved in politics in my life. I've watched them, I've analysed them, I know the games. And as I say, when you go into really deep study to find out, big think tanks, think tanks and organisations like the Council on Foreign Relations, that have their men scattered throughout government and bureaucracy, they also have their men often in politics as well. And they're supposedly a non-political organization, and yet everything they've ever published about what they'd like to happen in the world just comes about because they do create public policies for governments, just like the RAND Corporation. Look at the big players in the RAND Corporation that's always advising governments on the future, and you'll find most of them are all CIA and FBI employees. That's the reality of the world. Those who believe in democracy live in a total and complete fiction. Run by Hollywood, directed by Hollywood, speech written by Hollywood, false emotive content, about dreams and so on. And that's all you get is the dream. Or, generally, is the nightmare. So help us all. Now, what's also happening in this world is with the Middle East. I've been on about for a long time, and that was the setup of Israel. I went through some of the history of Israel, not just starting with the old Zionist movement and the Rothschild days in the 1800s, where he financed Russian uh, Jewish immigration into Palestine, as it was called then, and the massive immigration that came uh, building up to World War II and afterwards. But I've also went into the colonial powers and uh, those who were given the job of directing Palestine on behalf of Britain, on behalf of the Queen, actually, like Sir Ronald Dawes, and what he wrote in his own books. One of them was called Orientations. And he gives the history of the build-up of this future state of Israel. It was no surprise to him in the 30s that it was being built up to be a state and also an arm. Of Britain because he calls it a new Ulster, an Ulster to be set up in the Middle East. And you know the history of Ulster, they did the same thing from England, from London I should say really, when they set up Ulster in Ireland, Gathorne in the side, for centuries. And it ties in with it too because from the Israel Today magazine, Friday October 24th, it says here, Shimon Peres to be knighted by Queen Elizabeth. Israeli media reported this week that the Israeli embassy in London and Buckingham Palace are close to an agreement on having Queen Elizabeth confer honorary knighthood on Israeli President Shimon Peres when he visits the UK next month. The appointment would make Peres a knight commander in the order of St. Michael and St. George. A title, now listen to this, usually reserved for British colonial affairs officials, foreign service officers, and high ranking diplomats in Commonwealth countries. In Commonwealth countries, i repeat that for the hard thinking. However, the Queen has on numerous occasions appointed foreigners to the order. Among some of the most famous are Bill Gates. Well, my, 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 the self-made man, ha, ha, ha. I love these self-made men stories. They're so popular amongst the people and former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. The honorary nature of the appointment means Perez will not be entitled to prefix Serb before his name, but that's not true. They can amongst each other, of his peer group. Israeli foreign ministry sources cited by the Jerusalem Post warn that Israeli media's focus on the story could prevent Perez from being knighted during his upcoming visit, as opponents of the move will now try to scuttle it. So there you are. Why would the Queen be handing out all these knighthoods? And what's so important about getting a knighthood? It's obviously very important to a lot of people. Look at all the big players in the Council on Foreign Relations, the U.S. branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs that have been given titles and brought into the knighthoods. Even Gorbachev is brought in as a knight quite interesting. You'll find even top gangsters had on their wish list the wish to be knighted by the Queen if they gave enough money to charity. Quite something. But people don't ask the right questions, do they? In fact, they don't ask any questions at all. They like to listen to emotion and promises of dreams and all that kind of stuff. We're going into an age now where services and basically secular humanism can only go in one direction, and then that is into the world of madness. You see, secular humanism is based on the fact that man is just a malleable creature. It can be trained and remolded like any other animal. And we have seen the techniques and the multi-millions of dollars have been spent over the last hundred years in psychiatry and psychology, and criminal rehabilitation, especially in the side of, of perverts and so on, where they've found out after all these this massive spending spree they've had and all these ideas and theories have been tested out, they can't change their behavior. They can't do it. But what's even more important is how the authorities have been taken away from parents and handed over, really, to schools. I had an article given to me a couple of weeks ago to do with the fact they'd set up almost torture-like chambers in some schools in Britain as an experiment based on some of the ideas from Guantanamo Bay for unruly pupils, where they literally set them in a a locked room. that was all darkened and the walls blackened, and they can only stare at a corner for hours after on end. Now, if the parents were to do that to their own children today, they'd be in jail, the teachers can get away with incredible things because you see that the, the, the generation who brought up those children in turn have been socialized or domesticated, which means the same thing. And they expect the state to take care of their children and they now tacitly accept the fact that the state has more authority over the child than they do. Things are happening today which have caused riots in the past. Riots from parents. Not today. Not with domesticated parent generation. Here's one of the wacky ideas that now, is now getting uh, put into effect in Britain in the British schools from the BBC. 3rd of November 2008. Foot massages can calm unruly pupils. Disruptive school children in South London will be given foot massages by the rapists, I want to call them, the rapist-run therapists, to help get their aggressiveness under control, and I'll read more of this when I come back from this break. around the world have now decided that the problem with young men and become unruly in school is they need their feet massaged, apparently, and they really spend big money to do so. You we know how they're always discovering things, eh? I-, I never ever caught on to it. I thought it was hormones and that was kicking in with me at school. Never dawned on me. I need to get my feet massaged. And it says here, reflexologists will visit 40, 74 primary and secondary schools in Lambeth and tend to children under 13. This will come all over the place, it will catch on like welfare across the Western world. And now, primary school is from five years on and up. It says the council has budgeted £90,000 next year for reflexologists from London based charity Bud Umbrella. The council said it makes no apologies for using different Innovative methods to tackle aggressive children. See, parents were doing things wrong all along, all down through the centuries. They should have been tickling their feet. You see? That's the mind you not anyone can tickle it properly. You need a properly trained reflexologist apparently to get the proper, you know, yin and yang pressure points. But Umbrella's website says that therapy can calm aggressive feelings, improve listening skills and concentration, as well as relieve anxiety and stress. I wish I'd caught on to this when I was young. A spokeswoman for Lambeth Council said, again, she makes no apology for using different and innovative methods, but this obviously won't replace more traditional ways of dealing with antisocial behaviour. We need to deal with the root cause, that's a little pun there, the root cause of young people's behavioural problems and nip them in the bud. as another little pun, obviously, to do with a charity that's got the contract. The council said it put an extra... £2 million into youth services and its programs and used traditional and innovative measures to tackle antisocial behaviour. Instead, its programs had led to a 50% increase in attendance and 60% decrease in exclusions among young people in the borough, which is a lie because, you see, they're actually uh, putting them in young offenders' institutions if they don't go to school and threatening their parents to do the same with them. If they don't send them to school, that's why they're going to school. Reflexologists apply pressure on specific points on their feet to treat a number of conditions. Wow. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Things are going to get crazier and crazier. And I said years ago, uh, the hardest thing as you go through into this brave new world, this new world order, will be to hang on to your sanity as we go through it because you'll have madness from all directions. At least it appears to be madness from all directions. And here's another piece of nuttiness. And get lots of nuttiness because there's so many stories out there to try and spin a truth away from the facts and the truth. Generally when something is exposed, it's st- to intended to cover up something else which is becoming known to the public. So we're spun off in a different direction. We know that autism has been skyrocketing since oh the sixties really 50s and 60s, and we know that we had pretty well low levels of it before certain vaccinations were given to children, the new type of autism generally comes in within a week to two weeks after the child has been given its first major three shots the triple, triple shots and about uh, about 18 months of age and then it suddenly deteriorates, the child, the child deteriorates and stops saying mama, daddy and so on and I won't, it doesn't say that again And here's what the experts have come up with from the BBC, 4th of November, 2008. Rainfall autism theory suggested rainfall. People are getting paid to come up with these theories, you know. Increased rainfall or something linked to it may be connected to the development of autism, scientists say. The theory is based on child health and weather records from three U.S. states, but has been given an icy reception by U.K. experts. That's how the British humor is, an icy reception. The work appears in archives of paediatrics and adolescent medicine. rising rate of autism up by some measures from 1 in 2,500. That's what it used to be, 1 child in 2,500. And it's now 1 in 150 children. It's amazing. See, This is what I mean about when something as drastic as this happens and there's no crisis made about it, you can tell... There's something else behind it. It's the same with the sperm count plummeting since the 50s in the males of the West. Every year they give us the data. Every year they tell us it's lower and lower, we're almost sterile. But there's no crisis made about it. Same here. It used to be one child in 2,500 who get autism. Now it's every child in 150. A child in 150. Attributed mainly to improvements in the way doctors are able to recognize the disorder, which is utter rubbish because it's easily recognizable. However, scientists from Cornell University say this does not exclude a factor which may be independently increasing the number of children growing up with the condition. They calculate average annual rainfall for California, Oregon, and Washington state between 1987 and 1999, then looked at autism prevalence rates in the children growing up during this period. They found that rates could be linked to that amount of precipitation in a state between these dates. They added autism prevalence was higher for birth cohorts that had experienced relatively high precipitation when they were younger than three years. The reason for the link, if it exists, might not be directly related to rainfall. Although the scientists said it was possible that the process of rainfall might affect the chemicals to which children were exposed, while they're spraying the hell out of the skies, have you looked up for the last ten years? This has been on for a lot longer than ten years, and will be back with more after this break. You're
2: listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
1: some of the nuttiness of today on tonight's show. The nuttiness will get worse and worse as the scientists uh, get paid, of course, to dream up these theories and, and practice crazy things on the public. But here's a spin on autism. not to come up with something, you see, but what they don't explain is the fact that you see it's always been raining in the same countries and they didn't have autism before the rain. and the show started on that premise rather than catching a hold of this idea and running with it. It says here, they also suggested that being forced to stay indoors for longer periods could affect development, perhaps by increased exposure to television, they're all watching TV, you see, when they're a year old, a year and a half, or to household chemicals, or even through a lack of vitamin D, produced by being out in the sun. Well, they're not playing at that age much, you see. However, they made it clear that none of these was more than a theory and called for further research to see if the link was a real one. The real causes are staring them in the face, but they won't go there. Mark Lever, chief executive of the National Autistic Society, said the latest theory would join a succession of others advanced about the condition and its origins. He said in recent years, autism has been linked to factors as varied as older-aged fathers, early television, viewing, vaccines, food allergies, heavy metal poisoning, and wireless technology, to name just a few. Some of these theories are little more than conjecture or have been discredited. Others seem more promising and are in need of some further study. You're darn right there are, because they will not touch the inoculations, you see. It's very, very important to them, apparently, to keep this agenda going. Very important, indeed. And here's another article, because I mentioned in the past how we're always given... Examples of helping the sick and the infirm or those who have terrible debilitating diseases. That's the reason why they're going ahead with cloning. We've had all that in the past. Well, we haven't seen any and come out of it except magic mice and dolly the sheep so far. And the fact that the Japanese apparently have brought a, a mouse back to, well, cloned a mouse that was put in cryogenics 16 years ago. And they're jumping from that to the possibility of bringing back a hairy mammoth. So that's really going to help the sick. But getting back to the sick again, uh, this is from CBS News, and it's from November the 2nd, 2008, Harnessing the Power of the Brain. Scott Pelley reports how brain-computer interface may help the paralyzed in the future. Now, we know they really care about people who are sick. We can tell by the amounts of disability pensions they give them. It's enough to scrape through if they're lucky. If they can go to food banks as well. So spending all these millions of dollars to, to implant certain people and test it out. Now we know DARPA came out with the first one where they put a chip in a paralyzed victim, paraplegic, and connected him to a computer. And through thought, apparently, he was able to send occasional email. I say occasional because it didn't work all the time. But this is not the real purpose, of course. These are simply the the material to be used. There's so many of them. They're willing to try anything on an individual basis, and they they allow themselves to be experimented upon. But the real reason is to get something into the public in the future. Ebert, the the guy who used to be in Cisco, Ebert, is on a YouTube video, I think it's YouTube, where he's talking to one of the big players, Big talk show host on television about the coming brain chip. It's out in the open today, and it's nothing to do with helping paralyzed people. But I'll continue with this, this front story here. It says here, once in a while we run across a science story that's hard to believe until you see it. That's how we felt about the story when we first saw human beings operating computers, writing emails, and driving wheelchairs with nothing but their thoughts quietly in a number of laboratories and astounding technologies developing that directly connect the human brain to a computer. It's like a sudden leap in human evolution. Here's that sudden leap again. A leap that could one day help paralyze people to walk again and amputees to move bionic limbs. As correspondent Scott Pelley reports, the connection has already been made for a few people, and for them it has been life-changing. Scott Mackler was a husband, father, and successful neuroscientist established Joe. when he received perhaps the worst news imaginable. At the age of 40, he could run a marathon in three and a half hours, but it was about that time he discovered he had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. It's strange, too, Lou Gehrig's disease and all these other diseases that are chronically debilitating uh, are often associated with the inoculations that they get, too, even have warnings on some of the flu shots for things like this. I know the future holds a lot of love and joy, and pride that goes that that life goes on. And I'll be watching along the way, and I love you very much, and I'll see you, he said in a home video. This is what he said after having his particular chip put in. Today, Scott, Macaulay's mind is sharp as ever, but his body has failed. Doctors called it locked-in syndrome. Scott and his wife, Lynn, learn to communicate with the only thing he has left, eye movements. Recently, Scott found a new voice. Can anyone hear the PC? I apologize for the quality of the voice, he asked in writing. Scott wrote these words one letter at a time with nothing but his thoughts and the help of what's called a brain-computer interface, or BCI. It was a cat that picks up the literal activity of his brain and allows him to select letters by simply thinking about them. Then the computer turns his sentences into speech. I hate being helpless and when other people put words in my mouth, he wrote well, this is a very unusual interview for 60 minutes. We've done something we never, ever do, and that is we've submitted the questions in advance because it takes Scott a little while to put the answers together using the BCI device, Pelly remarks. And then it goes on and on and on. But this is how they introduce it to the public under almost a charitable reason, and we accept that very, very simply. Now, we've got to jump back in reality again and think, now, government has been going on a marathon itself to totalitarianism, we have admitted they have would have all relations, all information on everyone in data computers at all times. For a, a totally controlled society, everyone must be predictable. Therefore, all information is gathered. The present project is called Total Information Network. Total means total for those who don't know. For those who don't know, look it up in the dictionary. Total Information Network. That's everything you say, do. Whoever you could communicate to with whatever means you use, it also means all your banking, your, your income, your money going out, what you purchase, what you eat, everything. Total information network. It also has your personal data on your relationships to the groups you attend, to people you know, and then what their relationships are as well. And this is where the world is going. And if you think they're going to give you these brain chips... And these computer interfaces to help you here up a gum tree. Think of the power. Think of the power the governments will have when they have the, the ability to monitor every individual and not only a one way monitoring, they can also put information back in. In other words, someone's programming you and something's interfacing with you. And that really is the goal because I've read. The documentation before, from the first major science meetings at the Loyola University in Louisiana, when the World Science community got together, dealing with the brain chip and how they would get the public to accept it. It's all ready to go, they said. It's only a matter of getting the public to actually accept it. And they said that this would be done mainly through fiction, through movies and novels, science fiction, and so on. And sure enough, the meeting was almost over, not quite over, and that movie came right out. To do with the brain chip of the main character in a world where everyone was brain chipped in, in the movie. So that's how it's done. And the whole idea is to monitor people. They also said at that meeting that regional computers... The regional is a term is used now for areas in countries that are grouped together, but it also means centralization when you go into documentation on regionalism, centralization, centralization. So centralized computers will be able to program you and everyone else in that area. And they said that you won't have your own voice in your head. You'll have many whispers of many people as information goes back and forth from people uh, to the central com- computers, And data is fed to the people from the computers. You won't have peace and quiet anymore. So now all you have to do is to get the people to accept it. And that will come with the next big crisis that comes along. And when they can tell you, which they will, that they can calm you down by using your own chemicals in your your body, your own uh, brain chemicals to tranquilize you, simply by stimulating... Uh, a part of the brain through the help of these chips. That will be a side effect of it. People will love it. People will love it. And for very few people, they'll have to mandate and force them because they won't take it. Most people will take this technology. I can guarantee it. I'm not being pessimistic. I I just watch the masses. And I talk to the masses often. Now, we'll go to the callers now. I can get this page up again and see who's on the line. Yeah, there's Keith from Texas. Are you there, Keith? Okay, is Elena there from Texas? Elena. Hello? Okay, is Judd from New York there? Hello? No. Hello? Hello. Alan? Ye- yes. Hey, how you doing? I'm hanging in here as always. Did
0: <laughs> you see any chemtrails today?
1: Hey, pardon? Did you see any chemtrails in the sky? I saw lots of them today, yeah.
0: See them all the time over here too. Um, I don't know. Um, I wanted to tell you, Um, <laughs> I don't know, cause every everybody's talking about, Um, I don't know, the election now. And I don't watch the, the TV at all. Yeah, and it's funny how like even when you avoid the TV, you still get propagandized by the people who are watching the TV. I know, I know, and they'll even use the phrases that's downloaded into them back to you. Yeah, Yeah, and and today at my job, today somebody comes in, Mm -hmm. it's a black guy, and he's like, gives me a high five, He's like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, I'm looking at him like, what did what did we do? Yeah, and how what's that gonna change? Mm Mhm, and then. He looked at me, and he thought about it, and he came to his sense. He's like, you're right. That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it reminds me of a quote I was reading in, in uh, Jaxie Lowe. Oh, mm-hmm. look, can I read us a paragraph? Yeah. And he says, modern man can think only in terms of figures, and the higher the figures, the greater his satisfaction. He looks for nothing beyond the marvelous escape mechanism that technique has allowed him, to, off, to offset The very repercussions caused by the life technique forces him to lead. He is reduced in the process to a near nullity. Even if he is not a worker on the assembly line, his share of autonomy and, his, and individuality initiative becomes smaller and smaller. He is constrained and repressed in thought and action by an omnivorous reality, which is central to him and imposed upon him. He is no longer permitted to display any personal power. Then suddenly he learns that the airplane his factory manufactures has flown at 700 miles an hour. All his repressed power soars into flight in that figure. And to that record speed he sublimates everything that was repressed in himself. He has gone one step further toward fusion with the mob. For it is the mob as a whole that is moved by a performance that incarnates incarnates its will to power. Every modern man expresses his wealth of power and records he has not established himself. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that says it all. Yeah. It, it does say it all. It, it's true enough. Um, when you see millions of people all, all expecting someone they don't even know, mm-hmm. all they have is, is the public relations projection that been given yeah. about an individual. In, in an age where they admit at the top that... that, that Governments, there's so many governmental departments, no one person can even get used to them all and count them all. There's that many of them, never mind the president. But they expect one person to make everything just better. It's like a, ch- a child, you know, who cuts his hand and he goes up to daddy or, or mommy and says, kiss it better. Uh, make it all better for me. That's how they, 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 they treat people uh, like deities. Is just astonishing and more so in America, because, again, they've had uh, uh, they've been brought up by Hollywood. And Hollywood truly has um, given them the, the lone gunman that they can come in and clean up the, the dirty old town. However, everybody else sits back and, and just takes it easy. They got used to this image that someone's going to do it all for them, but not themselves, of course. Yeah. So it, it's astonishing to see paternalism come in in this way. Where a big daddy comes in and and grown adults burst out in tears, it's just astonishing to watch this.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and Jack Law also said that um um it's uh, he said you can only stare and marvel at a system that can still poison and give you the antidote. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> and this has been well taught. You see, well taught in the very schools uh, that that um. Obama and Cheney and all the rest of the crew at the top uh, went through. They were, they were taught this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that Allah was talking about. And they're taught the sciences and the mentality of the mass man. And, and they never say anything off the cuff by themselves. They always read their speeches or they memorize their speeches. They're just actors on the stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for taking my call, Alan, and um, uh,
1: I'll call you in the future. Okay, you hang in there uh, you too and that 's the key to it we if we truly cannot stand up for ourselves, and mind you, I must admit it 's getting harder for people to do it in a society which is so restricted restricted in what we do. People are worrying and scurrying to to keep jobs to to change jobs and try and get higher pay uh, in an economy which is was planned to go down the tubes when they signed the NAFTA and the GATT treaties and allowed all the, the factories, etc., to move over to China. In fact, they paid them to move over to China with your tax money. That was part of the treaty uh, without uh, replacing um, jobs for those people who are now out of work. And people are really stressed out these days. They don't want to go into heavy books when they come back home and find out what's really going on. They switch on that uh, that television set which truly is the most amazing drug it is a drug and it's the best tool for indoctrination that's ever been developed it keeps people passive and it keeps them in a hypnotic state Now, children as well understood in psychology are in a natural hypnotic state they drift in and out of it every few minutes in fact from a a dream world to what they're doing is they play but have managed to update this and bring adults into it too. In the fact, have grown up, never coming out of the hypnotic state. We're we'll back with more after this break. <laughs> Andrew from British Columbia is there. Uh, is there, Andrew? Hi. Hello.
2: Oh, yeah, hi. Um, uh, I was looking at a copy of uh, America Under Attack, a Newsweek uh, Extra Edition that came out after 9-11. Uh-huh. And there's an embed of a skull giving us the finger. Uh, yep. Oh, you know that?
1: <laughs> I, I had heard that already, yeah. yeah. Oh, Okay.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, I, uh, they,
1: they do have their symbols all over the place in plain view, usually. Okay. And and the public never really catch on. They, they love their little Disney is the same. I don't know if you look at Disney cartoons, and they'll have phallic symbols and penises in their background and stuff. Yeah. There's a whole bunch up on on uh, YouTube on that. Right. They, but they do love to put it in plain view, and the public never never seem to catch on. You know.
2: Yeah,
1: it's almost like they're inviting us to catch on. It's, it's yeah, it's taunting, Probably. us. It's taunting us at the same time. And, and, again, it's also saying, well, what are you going to do about it, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, maybe even hopefully asking us what we want
1: to do about it? Um, you'd like to think so. I <laughs> know a lot of the, the guys in the in the media who belong to the Council of Foreign Relations, uh, they'll they certain dissenting opinions on the main agenda, minor opinions, and sometimes they'll put their little bit in there. Even the cartoonists will do it. I don't think people even realize even cartoonists can uh, belong to these societies as well. Anything that gives you public opinion, yeah. um, generally is controlled in mm-hmm. our culture.
2: Yeah. Another thing about this, uh, um, this, um, Newsweek image, uh, mm-hmm. about na- after 9 11, it's, um, if you, if you look at it, it's, it's the extradition, America Under Attack. Mm-hmm. It's not a photo. Yeah. It's an artistic thing. And an artistic rendition, yeah. Exactly, and if you look at it, it's a a serpent attacking a sh- an, an unwitting sheep.
1: Yeah, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and of course, the occult side of it, they are the serpent and we are the sheep. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And and it, and and the
2: attack is happening at the corner of the building.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. I know. I, I, anyone who's watched all those, those videos are coming down. They've seen con- controlled demolitions, yeah. and there's no doubt about it. This was planned. As I say, they, they needed something to kick off 2001, and that was planned. I have no doubt about it whatsoever. To bring in, look what's happened to the world since 2001. And, of course, everyone thought at the time we to fight over there, and it never dawned on them you'd have totalitarianism back home as well. Yeah. And that's really the object of it. That's what came out of it totalitarianism. Hello? Yeah, I'm I'm here. Yeah. And it's not just the U.S., it's it's all Western countries with anti-action at the same time with the same totalitarian laws. And now we're going into the global society where we're all to be chipped and monitored and with global citizens. Another thing that Barack Obama kept talking about in his speeches was global citizenship, the term that the Rockefellers use because Rockefeller gives out the global citizenship awards so here you have an internationalist voted in as a president in a national country <laughs> it's quite something but that's the music coming in for the end of the show okay thank you and for a, a very heavily sprayed sky your in Canada you get heavy spraying get at the top of the jet stream it's good nights from Hamish and myself may your God and your gods go with you